Welcome to the Rookie Realtor Reality Podcast with your host, Amir Hunter. And Bailey Weaver Packard. With so many people thinking that realtors just look at beautiful houses and post on Instagram, this podcast brings you back to reality. This podcast explores the good, the bad, and the in-between. We're both with EXP Realty, so our experience may be different than yours, but over time we'll have other agents, past clients, and others in the real estate industry, such as inspectors, builders, lenders, and more. So this is episode number six, uh, Custom Living, and today we are uh, happy to have a guest today. Um, We have Amy Penner, and she is with Triangle Luxury Homes uh, with us today. Hi, Amy. Hi, guys. Happy to be here. (laughs) Yay. So glad. So one thing we we typically do is we start out with our wins and losses uh, from um, the last week, Um, and so last time we did losses and then kind of transitioned over to wins so yeah. i think that's going to kind of be our, our motto yeah, so we can finish with wins that's right so bailey do you want to start yes and honestly while i was driving over here today i was racking my brain i don't i can't think of a loss yeah i think i'm struggling with a, a loss too as well yeah. so um i've had a challenge so i guess i'll What's just throw challenge? that in so my challenge is i just got a listing agreement uh, with a client and she's decided that she wants to rent after she sells okay so uh, we're struggling a little bit with her price point um, because rent has increased so much <laughs> and so uh, we're looking because she's a little bit older she's about to turn 70 um, so we're looking for some oh. senior like living situations but oh, they're yeah. all kind of expensive Oh, I believe it. <laughs> very expensive and so a lot of the senior uh, communities they have like all these amenities thrown in there uh-huh. um, and as well as like you know dining and housekeeping and like we're like whoa oh, yeah. <laughs> and my clients like can I just do my own housekeeping <laughs> Uh, so we're trying to figure that out. So, because we can't list her home until we find her a place, a place to rent. To go. So, yeah. so we'll figure that out this week. Um, but she's like sending me like texts at like eleven o'clock at night, like, oh. "Hey, look at this," and I'm like, "Okay, like we can't do anything on the weekends a lot of times for some of the the places." So I was like, "I'll call on Monday and, right. and start calling around and seeing what options are available." So working well, on good that. Good luck with that. Do you, do you have any challenges or, or, or losses over the last week, uh, Amy? I think all positives. Nice. I have some wins to share as well. That's what I'm okay. Other than sick family, win. that's always a loss oh, yeah. when you're trying to work. <laughs> so true. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and go to wins. So go ahead. Okay, I'll start. Um, I joined the Girl to Grit Listing Challenge, and I call that a win because I'm learning so much new stuff and accountability in my business, so I'm excited to get some listings yeah mm-hmm. listings are a high commodity right now in the market right so uh for me a win is i have a listing that's been on the market for a while yeah. <laughs> it, it does need some work but you know the clients inherit it from uh you know their father who had passed away so they're trying to get it sold um so and it's far out it is far out it's up in a husky so the market's a lot slower up there yeah. you see a lot of houses that sit on the market for you know six months to a year sometimes uh, so 45 days in, we have an offer, so nice. we're getting everything signed. So hopefully we'll be under contract later today Way on to that. Go. So that is a win. That is exciting uh, and a win. So for sure. Yep. What about you, Amy? What you got? So two wins. Faith, the girl that I am training, my new agent on oh, yeah. my team, got her first listing. That's right. Got an offer on it over the weekend, and my buyer that I've been racking my brain trying to find something that works. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think we found something that works. Oh, so, um, two wins. I know. It's been a good week. Good. I like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, in this episode, we're going to kind of talk about like custom builds. Um, and this is kind of a market that Amy, you've kind of specialized in. Um, and I have a client that they're building a home. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning a little bit as we're kind of going through the process, but I think I'm going to learn a lot more today. Yeah, I hope so. That's my plan. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, Amy, tell us a little bit about yourself and, like, you know, when you first got your license and some of the states that you've worked in. Yep. So, I was licensed back in 2005 in, I was living in Phoenix, so in Arizona. Cool. And if you knew anything about the West Coast in 2005, 2006 was pretty much when our market started going downhill. So, mm -hmm. where it hit the East Coast a little bit later, the West Coast uh, saw that saw that market crash uh, starting in 2006. So my career was off on the right foot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> quit my job. I was single, and I got into real estate right when the market was oh coming off of a huge peak. So, um, so like my other career prior to real estate, it was either sink or swim. And right. uh, so I had to swim. I had to support myself, and I got into short sales. So been licensed in 2005, moved here in 2012, uh, got my license here in North Carolina, and uh, we've lived in Raleigh and built a home there, and then we built a custom home in Wake Forest three years ago. Awesome. So 10 years in Raleigh. I know. It'll be Memorial Day weekend, so yeah, it's coming up. I was nice. uh, eight months pregnant, and we were starting a whole new life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a big move going on. Yeah. I think yeah. it's pretty cool that you were able to survive, I guess, the uh, the bubble in, in real estate yeah. during that Ooh, time. It was, uh, we learned short sales, I think, along with the banks, because we got into it pretty early on. And I, and I started with the team out there, and I think that's why I'm passionate in, in building a team here. Um, right. Because I trained an agent out there, and I just think... You know, a lot of these firms offer a lot of training, but unless you're training someone really one-on-one, -on -one, right? Um, I, I just, you know, a lot of real estate agents struggle because they don't they don't have that. So you're so right. I feel like you've taught me a lot one-on-one. -on -one, so you're a really good teacher. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what areas, uh, I guess, do you currently like work now? I mean, obviously, we know you kind of work in the Wake County area. Um, sure. Do you have like a specific area that you kind of specialize in, or? So I'm trying to get to the point that, well, all of us want to get to the point that we're 100% referral-based. Right, absolutely. But obviously, if anybody calls me, I'm not going to turn them away. Uh, so I will go where I need to go. It just so happens that most of the referrals I've had have been in Wake Forest, North Raleigh, over into Carrion Apex. Um, but I've worked Durham. I've worked Clayton. Uh, down into Johnston County a little bit. As far up as Franklinton, I sold a home last year. So... As much as I live in Wake Forest, so mm -hmm. I stay on top of that market in the North Raleigh market probably more than other areas. Right. But um, what? And even I just sold a home in Pinehurst. Okay. Uh, that you same client anywhere. was looking in Pittsburgh, <laughs> so I learned the custom market out in Pittsburgh. So yeah, I mean it's all learning, and um, so I'm willing to go where the business takes me. Yeah. So in your career, have you only done kind of residential, or have you dabbled in commercial at all? I think when I lived in Phoenix, I did one commercial listing, and um, because it's not something I special in, I specialize in. I don't think I would I would take business. I would refer that out if it yeah. was commercial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. I did the same thing. So uh, one thing you, I think you kind of brought up is that you started a team, mm -hmm. and so tell us a little bit about what the process was to get that team started. Well, that was easy for me because I knew somebody that wanted to get into real estate as their <laughs> second career. So, um, but definitely, I think as I move forward, I would reach out to more newer agents. It's a lot of time though. I mean, it's it's a big investment. Yeah. 
Um, and I think EXP has a great mentor program. I am a mentor through EXP, but this just is, is just added and I'm willing to put in the time mm -hmm. um, to train someone and then in terms there's a there's a commission split until they get off and running, which I feel like they will do a lot sooner. Right. When you're training right next to someone one on one. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Yeah. Holding hands together. Yeah. I think having that one on one experience is great. I think sometimes when you get, your team gets too big, mm -hmm. sometimes there's it's easy for somebody to get yes. lost. And that's that is my goal to say to stay kind of small. We do get a lot of mentor requests and I don't um I don't jump all over those just because because of that. Yeah. So I guess kind of talking about homes and what's a, a custom home versus kind of just a, a normal production home. Um, I know a lot of people may not know what a kind of breaks the up the difference. Yeah. <laughs> and so kind of tell us a little bit and more about verbiage. that. And the verbiage. And we have to be careful with our verbiage because I say track home and spec home. And right. we're using all these terms that our buyers <laughs> probably are like, okay, I have no idea Another what she's language. talking about. Yeah. It is. And we forget that sometimes <laughs> that we have to break that down for our clients. So... Um, I'll use the term track home, or like you said, production home. That's that's all your big builders out there. Your Pulte, uh, your Dr. Horton, those big national names. That that generally, when you're building those homes, you only get to pick certain features of the home. They've got certain floor plans to choose from. You go to their design center, and you can choose from three light fixtures. Mm -hmm. You can choose three countertops, three flooring options. So and some builders, you don't even have yeah. three options. <laughs> you might have one. Exactly. And these days, they're just building them saying no options because of production. And the demand so problem. high. Right. Yep. Yeah. Supply, all that. It's easier for them just to just to build them up. But um, and, and in both sides of the world, you'll see what we call spec homes. So those are homes that are started and they won't sell those until they're, um, especially now, until they're closer to completed. So mm -hmm. they're picking everything. And you will see that in the custom world, but the biggest difference when you build custom is you can design your floor plan from the ground up. Love you it. are designing it directly with an architect. No, no floor plans to choose from. You can go as unique as you would like, which sometimes is good and sometimes can be bad. <laughs> can be crazy. You can see those resale homes where you're like, this was clearly a custom home. Um, and then secondly, you are sent directly to the cabinet distributor, the countertop warehouse, the, sorry, it's not called a countertop warehouse, the kitchen and bath places direct gotcha. yeah. where you're going to the yard, I guess is a better word for it, the, okay. the countertop yard to choose your, your slabs. I mean, you're, you're directly choosing what piece of slab of countertop you want in your house. Uh, you're, cho you're going to a lighting store. You've got Thousands. I came home with books stacked this high mm -hmm. from the <laughs> lighting <laughs> distributors saying, okay, pick, pick your lights. I'm like, oh my goodness. It was overwhelming. It was there. There were tears. There was, <laughs> felt like a full-time job at times, but I've had customers that love it. They, you know, if you're into design and you, you know what you want, I mean, yeah. it can be a really fun process in hindsight. Mm -hmm. Now that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. It would be great, and that's why I can help other people as well because I've gone through it. Not only have I helped clients, I've gone through it. So Personally, now I can hold yeah. your hands and let – the biggest thing is is um, in any type of job in sales is knowing expectations. So right. now I can advise my clients of what the expectations are going in yeah. to build a custom home and that it may get overwhelming mm -hmm. and to use your time well. How do you, how do you navigate that if the you have a client that's very busy and they don't have time to visit you know those facilities to to pick out those options? How do you navigate that? I had one and she just bought a spec home. Okay. <laughs> <Because of that. laughs> 
Um, you can certainly hire a designer. Okay. I've had another one that the builder actually had a designer on retainer and oh, said she can go because what if you're what if you're out of state? Yeah. You can't yeah, be here time. to visit all those. So the designer will go in, yep, and communicate back and forth with, gotcha. with the client. Yeah, you, you would think that would be a challenge that would present pretty commonly. Mm-hmm. You know, right now I feel like a lot of clients, uh, they are just so busy that I have to go out and do video tours for them and things like that. Right. So I would think, you know, having to visit studios may be difficult for them too as well. Yeah, but they but that's part of the fun. That's yeah. what they're signing up I for. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they, they want to do that. <laughs> Take off a of work. Yeah. And you can knock it out. The one builder I worked with, he said, hey, if your client comes in town for three days, I can knock it all out and okay. she can pick everything. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the the builder's probably a little bit more flexible to the, the custom mm-hmm. builds too as well. And I guess we're so used to some of the production builders and they're like, yeah, you know, we'll fit you in like in a couple of days or something right. like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are the timelines pretty tight with selections? Not so much with selections. They are trying to get you out there to pick stuff as early as possible. Right. And custom builders now are saying that the time to build is about 18 months. Okay. They're saying six months to give them to work with the architect okay. because the architects are so busy. Yeah. Okay. Makes so sense. six months, you know, four to six months with an architect if you do not choose an existing plan because a lot of builders do have existing plans out there. Okay. But to make any changes and get that re-engineered is taking a few months. And as soon as you get your floor plan done, they're asking you to go ahead and start okay. picking your design. Neat. Got it. And then they said from there, from the time your design is done, they still have to get permits. Get your get the house engineered. So again, all that they're saying is another year. Gotcha. Wow. It's a long process. So you just kind of dove into our next question, which is what's the building process kind of? Sure. You, you said eighteen months is the average. Right. Well, and the, the very first process of building a custom home is knowing where you're going to build it. Sure. So you could go out and buy a piece of land that is not in a subdivision, or the you know, it may be in a subdivision, uh-huh. or a lot of the subdivisions. You can find a piece of land you want and it's already tied to a builder. Okay. So there's two different processes you could go. That's okay. kind of the first step is knowing where you want to build mm-hmm. and then and then working with a builder. Because if they're not tied to that land, I have relationships with several builders based on price point and what my client needs are mm-hmm. that I can refer out um, if they're if they're just buying a random piece of land and, and they need a builder for that. Oh. And then from there, then you start talking to the builder, floor plan first design next loan process we'll get into um and then it's and then it's watching and waiting wow it's like a lot up front and then you wait a little yes and then a lot, a of, lot of waiting and then you wait yeah. well, i mean some of that is common in, i guess in new construction that that waiting period but um, it's neat but to watch the home go up and whether is. you're buying a, a track home or oh, a custom gosh, home yeah. to watch the home be built is really neat you kind of throw me off of the, the track home <laughs> you're not called i don't know why i've always called them track homes i don't know where i got that term from. <laughs> production home i like that better it yeah. sounds better <laughs> so you, you kind of uh, i guess mentioned a little bit about the uh the loan process now tell us a little bit about how a construction loan is different than maybe a conventional uh, loan uh, mm-hmm. process because I'm kind of working with a uh, client right now and I'm struggling a little bit through the process. So it'd be good to kind of learn a little bit more from you and your experience. Yes. And I, I learned the most because I went through it. Right. So anything that we learn, we're going to learn the most by going through it. Absolutely. Uh, and let me start by saying just because you buy a custom home does not mean you have to get a construction loan. Okay. So a lot of those builders are willing to carry the loan and you just will get a regular convention loan. Mm-hmm. The advantages of a custom of Sorry, the advantages of a construction loan 
are that that will offset some of the builder costs because okay. somebody's paying the interest. Right. So it's either the builder who's probably got a higher interest loan, six, seven percent, well, now probably even higher than that, right. versus you as the buyer can get a construction loan at a lower interest rate and that also locks in your interest rate. Yeah. Okay. So you'll have a closing at the beginning of your loan process, usually once you sign the contract and have a floor plan and pricing is all determined, mm -hmm. you will sign, um, you will go into a closing and you will close on that construction loan at the beginning of the process. Okay. Your interest rate stays the same. What you pay as a buyer in the construction loan process is mm -hmm. interest only. Okay. So say, uh, and some builders want you to pay for the lot outright, which again, you can finance. So say you're buying a million dollar home, mm -hmm. And you've got two hundred thousand dollars to put down, and the lot's one hundred and fifty. So your first draw is going to be that one hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. Then your next fifty thousand will go towards exterior uh, foundation, what they're going to start with. When that money runs out, you pay interest okay. on whatever the remaining is. So you've got eight hundred thousand dollars more, and the bank is going to do draws. So they'll draw for different parts of the home. Okay. And then you're paying interest on that. So you may have to pay fifty thousand for exterior brick, mm -hmm. 50,000 for hardy plank, uh, 30,000 for grading, whatever it is, those are high numbers. Uh, lumber, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to pay up front for lumber. So as those draws start coming, mm -hmm. you'll just be paying interest on those amounts up until the time that the house is finished. Okay. You get your completion or your um, certification of occupancy okay. and then your loan goes into a normal conventional loan. Mm. So how does that work, I guess, for the real estate agent that's working on it? Because obviously you, you, you think close we only get paid and, and then we don't get paid until the whole process is done. Yeah. And then we get and that will be in the contract and then we get paid on the entire. Now, that's now that's when you're working with a builder who owns the lot. Yeah. Okay. I have not closed one yet. I've had buyers look, right. but I've not closed one yet where they have chosen their lot. So you would get paid you would get paid your commission on the lot yeah. and then you would get paid commission from the builder at the end of the build. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So I'm still learning through one. I have actually have a closing next Monday on one. Um, and then they will go and start the building process. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely learning through the process. Yeah. I just <laughs> and it's great. It's great that they can lock their rate, especially yeah. in this market. And some of the lenders will actually do like one float down. So if the rate oh. drops during that whole construction process, they can actually lock your rate lower. That's good. Yeah. So I know you do a lot of custom uh, work, uh, custom builds uh, with mm -hmm. clients. Um, do you work all price points? I will work all price points. Again, this is just a niche where I think I have experience. Right. Um, so it's so it's kind of where I've gone. Um, but absolutely, we, we don't turn away business. Yeah. <laughs> Has your experience with clients, um, I guess, been different between, you know, maybe someone that's looking for a production home versus like a custom? Is there certain things that maybe uh, your clients that want custom homes maybe need more or anything like that? Usually it's for the client that, that does want something specific. Or, for example, in Wake Forest, land. Right. If, if you want to build on a large piece of land in Wake Forest, you can't go with a production home. Yeah. You, you're generally sure, not yeah. getting it. So here you can get a large lot of land. You're going to be on septic and well mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times in these. You know, we call them luxury custom homes because you're going to have a higher price point attached to right. them. So, and you can go in and get what you want. And some yeah. clients just really like that. Like, for example, if Bailey was my buyer and I'm showing her 52 homes right. this week, I've showed her every home in MLS. So yeah. where do we go from there? Um, yeah, what's the, what's the next option? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's when we say, hey, let's, let's look at building um, 
building something custom because right. we're not finding any homes that fit your needs. But again, if you're looking at custom, odds are you're going to hit that higher end price point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So a lot of people that come to you um, for, uh, I guess, you know, maybe a production home, do you, do they ever transition to, to custom or is it typically they come in, they're like, Hey, I want custom. No, I've seen both. Okay. They can transition. Absolutely. Okay. Especially if their price points up there. Yeah. It, it's just the timing. Like I've got one right now who would be, who would be willing to build custom, but they don't, they don't want to wait the 18 months. Yeah. So we're looking at resale custom. Gotcha. Homes. Got it. I don't blame them for wanting to, not wanting to wait 18 <laughs> it's months. It's a long time. Yeah. I know. So with, I guess, COVID happening, um, and you said 18 months for build time, was that different before COVID, or is that... It was. Oh, okay. that's a good question. Yeah, it was. Uh, and in the build time, I don't know that it's actually changed very much. The custom builders are saying it's about eight months build. Oh, okay. Six. Let's see, what was ours? We actually broke ground, I want to say, at the end of February. We were done in August. So six to eight months is the actual build time, okay. but because of supply issues, wow. permitting, permitting for septic is two months mm -hmm. on, on average, and that was even before COVID, so it may have gone up. And then the time for the uh, architect has really has really increased. They just can't, they'll, you'll go and make a change, and even if it's ch a change to the closet, uh -huh. they may not get back to you for three weeks. Wow. Because they've just got man. so much on their on their plate. And the good ones, a lot of these custom builders yeah. are using two to three architects that have good names because they're good, mm -hmm. but you're going to wait. Yeah. yeah. So depending on like where you are, does that also change like the time you're like waiting for like maybe permits too as well? Permits are less for non-septic. Okay. I do know that because I've sold a custom home uh, as well in neighborhoods that are on city water and city sewer. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were, did they go under contract during COVID? I think they were right before COVID. And they, they were done in a year with everything. Okay. So um, so it, it changes a little bit, but it's just everybody's overwhelmed. And these custom builders that were building five to 10 homes a year have doubled, have doubled what they're putting out there. Oh, so yeah. they're just, everybody's just scrambling. Yeah. So uh, if, you're talking to a new agent and they're looking into getting from maybe production and try to jump into like the, the custom market. What would recommendations would you give for that new agent? Hmm. What I've done over time is gotten to know all the builders, um, okay. which listing agents don't always like Yeah. because they want, you know, the, right. they think you're trying to take their business, but I like to know what, what builders are available and what makes them unique Okay. so that I can, know what my buyer needs are and kind of set right. them up. Match, matchmaker there. Absolutely. Um, but if you want to get in, it's, it's, I think you're going to need a good listing agent yeah. to really hold your hand. If you're a buyer's agent that doesn't know what you're doing. Right. Um, and then it's, it's staying on top of timelines, listening to the agent or builder about when they do need to go out and do design so, okay. that, so that things don't get delayed. Yeah. Um, and it's having a good lender that knows the construction loan process so they can make so your client can make the best decision on what kind of loan that they want. Yeah. So um, I'm happy to hold the hands of any, you know, any agents right. that I know. I'm, you know, hey, there's enough business to go around for everyone. <laughs> I'm sure it also kind of comes with your, the stage of life that you're in. So like maybe when you first got into uh, yes. real estate, ooh, that, you know, maybe you were working with the more entry level price point. Absolutely. You kind of work with a little bit more of your age group uh -huh. maybe. Yeah. When I got into the business at uh -huh. 26, 27, I was 
working with mostly first-time buyers that right. were yeah. 25 to 35. I mean, certainly, yeah. but then you get referrals and you get parents right. and, and, you know, and other grows. other age groups. So mm -hmm. I've I've done it all from retirement communities to, you know, to first-time home buyers right. last year alone and everything in between. Yes. Yeah. I think sometimes, I guess as a new agent, probably working with clients that are looking for the custom home builds, sometimes you might be intimidated a little bit. Yeah, uh, kind of getting into that's it. what I was thinking. But, you know... I would say marketing needs to step up if you're listing a custom home. Right. Yeah. If you're working with buyers, um, again, I, I think that there is a good hand-holding or should be by the builder and by the listing agent cool. um, to help you through the process. When you're listing, it, it does take a little bit more of a step up in terms of marketing. Yeah. And I feel like the construction loans, there's not a ton of like lenders that do the construction Correct. loans. Correct. Very yeah. few. Yeah. Very few good ones. Yeah. And we, and we found that out the hard way. I think we had, we were looking for like uh, construction uh, uh, lenders and um, we found out there's there's very limited <laughs> amount. Um, and so we end up going to like two or three before we made a selection. Um, and we didn't even know, I guess, about the whole construction loan process for my clients because on the listing it just says, hey, just need new construction loan. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we're not even thinking like, oh, it's a different type of loan <laughs> at the time. Different lender. <laughs> and so we end up having to like call around and we went to one and we had worked with them probably for like two or three weeks and then they were like, yeah, we, we can't help you. And then we had to turn around to a different uh, lender um, that they weren't very responsive. So we finally found one that's been responsive and we worked through and then they'll close on the uh, initial portion, uh, you know, next week. But uh, I wish I would have known <laughs> what I know now <laughs> yeah. when I started. You needed to talk to Amy. <laughs> I know. I have my database, literally my construction lender yeah. folks. Yeah. yeah. So um, your relationship with, uh, I guess, custom home builders, how is that different than maybe a relationship with a production home builder? Well, I didn't even really know you could have many relationships with production home builders, but I mean, we all know somebody that, that works for a production builder, so I feel like right. you can develop those relationships there. But I feel like in the custom world, if I have a client, I'm literally calling, like right now, the buyer that I, that I have that doesn't want to wait 12 to 18 months, I'm calling all these custom builders. And yeah. I'm not, I mean, I don't have a great relationship. If you ask them, hey, do you know Amy Penner? They're probably going to be like, no. But I know them well enough right. and who they are, who some of the big big builders are that I can be like, hey, do you have any lots? Do you yeah. have any spec homes out there, like homes that are started? Right. Um, so that, you know, it's just picking up the phone and doing our job because yeah. my clients don't want to wait wait that long. Well, enough people know you because I was listing a commercial piece of property and they were like... Uh, my builder called. They were like, uh, do you know Amy Penner? And I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and people were like, yeah, from uh, EXP. And I guess initially they were like, do you know other agents from EXP? And before he said your name, I was like, there's no way I'm going to know who he's talking right, about. Right. There's like 80,000 EXP line. agents. Yeah. Um, so it's, it sounds like the relationship obviously with the, the builders is important, especially through the custom process. It's nice to have, but you don't have to have them okay. in order to help a buyer that wants a custom home. Right. Because most of my custom clients, like I said, I have not sold one yet that has been outside of a neighborhood yeah. where they've picked their own lot. So when they're buying within a neighborhood, generally there's already a builder tied to that lot. Yeah. Now, 
I had one that bought in Camberley a few years ago, and the neighborhood had not even been started yet. Wow. They The builders owned the lots, but she had her choice of every lot. Mm-hmm. So it was finding a lot that she liked, so she narrowed down to like three or four lots. Right. And then I would call those builders to see if they would meet her budget, and only yeah. one of the builders would meet her budget. So that was clearly the lot that we chose. Neat. So. <laughs> so if there's a listener out there that is thinking about doing a custom build and maybe they're looking, um, you know, they're searching to kind of figure out the best agent for them, mm-hmm. what things should they be asking? Choose me. <laughs> 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 no question. <laughs> What's the problem? I mean, I could t- if I were to go up to Amy and be like, this is what I'm looking for, I guarantee you she'd say, oh, I know exactly where you should go. Because yeah. you know the area so yeah. well. Maybe not as much in Apex, but I do, I know the custom market. I know, right. well, and in addition to the custom, I mean, you could be like, why are you talking custom homes when her company's luxury homes triangle? Well, they kind of go hand in hand. Right. So when I say I know custom, even in Apex and Pittsburgh and Chapel mm-hmm. Hill and all these, all these other cities, yeah. it is custom or it's, or it's luxury. Right. And they often go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Because again, if you're building custom, obviously the price point's gonna go up. Right. And often customs on larger lots. Now you won't find that in Apex mm-hmm. and Carry because they don't have them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you are interviewing an agent, that is something that they need to know. Especially yeah. if you don't know where you wanna live yet. If you're moving from out of state, mm-hmm. I mean, as you guys know, when you have out of state buyers, they don't, they may not have a town picked. Right. Yeah. Well, if they come and they say, hey, I wanna build a custom home, okay, well, what's your budget? How much mm-hmm. land do you want? Uh, if you aren't working from the house, you know what's your commute? But if they can live anywhere, I've got to know every part of town. Yeah, I know Wake Forest best because I live there, right. and I know probably every neighborhood in Wake Forest. But I have to know custom neighborhoods in all different towns so that I'm not steering my client to a particular city just because I live there. That's what yeah. you know, right? I kind of learned that uh, recently. I had a client that has like a $1.2 million budget. And so I was thinking, oh, they were going to work in RTP. So I was like, well, maybe they need to be in Cary Mooresville area. And then we go out and we're like, yeah, the lots are a lot smaller <laughs> over here. Absolutely. And, and, and so I was like, well, maybe. Uh, I was like, what about Wake Forest? But then, you know, Wake Forest is like kind of teetering, I guess, on the distance. Mm-hmm. It, it could potentially work, but it's teetering on the distance. And so I think we had to look a little bit more down like into Apex area um, for what they were looking for. So, um, you know, definitely knowing the area and knowing, um, you know, what they need as far as lot size and, you know, different amenities obviously are going to be important, um, especially through the process. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys are learning this and I, I, I hammer on this a lot on my social media, uh-huh. but if your clients are looking for a perfect example of your 1.2, if they're looking for a higher end or okay let's let's open that up any new home new homes are not being listed right yeah. right yeah. they're not on mls <laughs> no. we gotta go drive uh-huh. at four dollars a gallon of gas <laughs> and find these neighborhoods and uh-huh. this is why bailey and i are starting to video neighborhoods for people because you sometimes there's the homes are selling in there right. and you're like why didn't i find that on mls well they just sold 20 homes and they never hit mls yeah so it's that's affecting the custom market too oh really Mm-hmm. see that and that's why you got to work with an agent that knows the area yeah and and knows the builders <laughs> and doesn't yeah. and, and is not scared to pick up the phone and call a listing agent either saying hey do you guys you know hey I you have one listed in this neighborhood that's mm-hmm. pending so oftentimes when I'm searching MLS I'm looking at pending homes right yeah. just to see the neighborhoods yeah. mm-hmm. then I get that listing agent's info and I'm like what else do you guys have upcoming and my last custom buyer I don't think there was a single one we looked at that was on MLS Everything was coming through these builders, uh-huh. 
buy from neighborhoods where homes were already pending, and wow. they will send me floor plans and you know if they're already planned or what lots they had. Yeah, that's a really good tip for agents to look at pending. Yeah, yeah, and if you if you guys think you know as agents we don't work for the twenty thousand dollars in commission uh-huh. we make, we're working. Oh, <laughs> we're <God>. working. <laughs> we're doing a ton of back end work, <laughs> driving <laughs> hours away. <laughs> so uh, I guess if people want to follow you on social media or reach out to you, how can they find you? Are you able to put that up on the video? Um, yeah. Well, my one my one Facebook page is, I actually just changed it this past week, is Luxury Homes Triangle. Okay. That's okay. on Facebook. Uh, but actually, it's still under my name. I've got to change the title of it. So it's still Facebook.com, Amy Penner Realtor. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is Facebook.com, uh, WF Custom Homes cool. for Wake Forest Custom Homes. And that's a little bit more geared towards the Wake Forest market. And I believe my Instagram is also, you know, you don't look at your own stuff. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> it's we'll also it. Amy we'll Penner. Okay, it's yeah. also Amy Penner Realtor. Yeah, we um, and one thing I wanna I wanna state too is just it's just about pricing. Uh, if you're coming into this market and thinking a million dollars is gonna get you a lot, yeah, it's not right, right now. It's not. It's really scary what that what that market has has exploded. So. Right. What you look, what I look at, uh-huh. even yeah. as oh, that should be a six to seven hundred thousand dollar home. I go home and pull up the price tag, and it's a million dollars, and I'm like, wow. wow. My custom <laughs> home buyers are now. I'm telling them to look at to have a budget of one point three million and up, okay, yeah. as a minimum. Yeah. Yep. One point three to one point seven is what I'm seeing mostly in Wake Forest. One point three to one point nine. Wow. Two million. I, I mean, I'm starting to see homes over two million in the North Raleigh Wake Forest area, and that. This didn't happen yeah. a yeah. few years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's not much in the two hundred or three hundred thousand right. in that area. And I'll tell you, there's not much in the one point nine to two point. No market has a lot of homes right, right now. So even if you think you know coming in with one point three, you're going to find fifty homes that that fit your needs. It's, yeah. It's limited there as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, now. we appreciate you coming on the podcast yes, today. I think you. we no, learned like so much. And... I'm gonna go back re-listen to it and like take notes. Yeah. Aww, well, call me anytime. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to help. And even if there's other agents out there watching this, I'm I'm happy to help. I think that's something that this market as realtors we don't do enough is help each other out. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, and thanks to everybody for listening this week. We'll see yep. you next time. <laughs>